0: Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you, to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors, and thank you for being with us again today. I'm your host, Dr. Alan, and I am looking forward to exploring the forgotten crisis that is As we find purpose and opportunity in senior living care. Cindy Maxson is a senior transition specialist and a probate expert with over 10 years' experience as a licensed realtor and investor. Her business helps families move a loved one into a senior community by offering an easy, less stressful way to sell mom's and dad's house. She is co author of the book pain for long-term care. So Cindy share with us a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be who you are today.
1: I would probably be athletics, specifically basketball. I was fortunate enough to be have enough skill to play basketball in high school and then back long time ago when Title IX came along and the colleges were required to equalize the men and women's programs. They started offering a lot of women's basketball scholarships. So I was in the right place at the right time and I got a scholarship to play basketball in college. And it just changed my life. I first of all, I never would have gone to college were it not for that scholarship because my parents, you know, we were not well off at all, didn't know anything about college. I was the first cousin of First, really, person in my family to go to college, so um, that basketball scholarship was everything. And of course, athletics, team sports, especially like that, teaches so many valuable lessons. So that would Mm -hmm. be mine.
0: Well, interesting how we get our starts. Uh, Where did you grow up? Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh, really? Okay. Well, you're just yeah, you're just over the mountain from me. I'm in Western North Carolina, uh, just west of Asheville, about uh, forty miles. So, yeah, good old Appalachia there. Uh, Chatton is such an interesting town. Love that place. Well, you've traveled many roads uh, since then, and you've ended up in uh, senior living care. Well, tell us about the basic problem.
1: The problem in senior living is that exactly what we've been talking about, nobody wants to talk about it. We don't want to deal with it. We want to procrastinate because we think we're going to live forever. And a lot of people out there right now are caregivers for their parents. I am. I am there myself. My dad is 87. My mom is 82. The problem is that 80% of seniors say they want to live in their home until they die. And the reality is that 70, 75, 80% of them will need long-term care. So, at some point, those people are going to have to go into an assisted living or skilled nursing facility. And when they do, often the adult children, such as myself, are not prepared. And things unfold oftentimes in the midst of a crisis. So, you know, they've, they've been in their home, they're doing okay, and then mom falls. And now the doctor is telling the adult children she cannot go home. She's going to have to go somewhere other than home. And so they, you know, they go into panic scramble mode and they find a place to put mom. And it's usually a nice place. We love our mom. We don't want to, you know, get the cheapest. So uh, the next thing that happens is somebody is sitting across the table from that family saying, how are you going to pay for this? Most seniors the vast majority of any wealth that they have is their home. So I think it's like 70% of seniors own their home. And the majority of those cases, they own it outright. There's no mortgage. So the money is in their home. So that family, when they get that question, how are you going to pay for this? The first thought that pops into their head is, we got to sell mom's house. So they're in the midst of a crisis. Now they have to sell mom's house you know, the the realtor walks in and says, clean this place up, clean it out, make these repairs, and we'll get you that nice, pretty Zillow number that you've been staring at. And the family, they're already burdened with mom's care needs. And that's kind of the last thing they need to have added to their plate. So my business works to help make that a much easier process for them.
0: A lot to deal with in a moment, and a moment like you mentioned, not a moment that most of us are not prepared for. Those are startling statistics. I had never really looked at it, that 70% of elderly people are not going to live the last days of their lives in their homes. And yet, I mean, that's just really so heartbreaking because as you said, almost 100% of them, that is what they want to do there. You mentioned that they scramble around, they find a place, and the next thing that happens is somebody sitting down in front of them and saying, how are you going to pay for this? And I can just imagine the blank stares on my face and everybody else's face who faces that uh, question. And there's the home. That's what uh, you first uh, you mentioned, that most people own that home. 70% of them do. So that is the option uh, that is turned to. You mentioned... <laughs> Now you've got to go in, you've got to clean it, you've got to take care of all Mm -hmm. of the stuff. Within that that option, which is the primary option, what are the options within the option?
1: Well, there are options outside of calling a realtor. And that's where my business comes in. So that family... Of course, they can call a realtor. Everybody knows one. The average person knows 15 realtors. But their other option is to find someone like me who will make them a fair offer on mom's house and take care of everything else. So all the clean out, all the repairs, all of mom's, what, 30, 40, 50 years of accumulated stuff. That can be daunting. And the family just they get their money they walk away it's like they get to hit the easy button so that's the option that i offer i am a licensed realtor so i can list the house i can list it you know if the family wants to make those repairs i can help them i have referral partners if they need a new hvac i know a guy <laughs> if they need a new roof i know a, a guy or a, or a girl a man or a woman you know anything Having to do with the repair of a house, including the hardest person to find is a handyman, and I know an excellent handyman that will come in and just you know make those small repairs that most people don't want to. So I can help them there. I can refer them, and I can help them if they need if they don't have any money to make the repairs, and they decide that's what they want to do. I have uh, lender partners where they can get a bridge loan to make the repairs. And then everything gets all settled out at closing. So they can list it. I can help them there. I can give them the easy button and buy it for cash. If they have a certain amount of money to get mom started in senior care, but you know they're not going to need additional money from the house for a year or two or five, I can help them set it up as a rental. I do creative financing. So I can structure a lease purchase deal. I can do pretty much anything, any of the options they have. So so list it, sell it for cash, turn it into a rental. Those are really the the three main options. And I try to get to those families and let them know the services I offer before they take they make a decision that might not turn out so well, like you know, call that number on that bandit sign, <laughs> or call that e-buyer. I mean, I'm sorry, that i-buyer that you know has ads uh, plastered everywhere. And I can warn them of the you know the pros and cons of each one of those options. So um, that's that's why I I I want to talk to families. You know, start with just a conversation. They're in this in this situation. And the first thing that I can tell them is, I really understand what you're going through because I'm going through it myself right now.
0: We'll be right back after a brief announcement. Steetalker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steetalker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. Well, you've been at this for a while. How Mm -hmm. is it that you have actually come together to set up this network and to establish the referral system? And marketing systems, you don't have the the I buy signs out there. You, I can't imagine you're going out there. And I, I buy homes from old people. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so, how did you set, how did you begin in this process, and and how do you do your marketing?
1: Well, I've been an investor for over ten years, and I've, um, you know, my my resume looks. Maybe sort of impressive. I've done flips in new construction lately. I've got, uh, personally, I, I have two, uh, short term vacation rental properties. So I've, I've done a, a little bit of pretty much everything. And the most important thing is I've made pretty much every mistake in the book. So I've learned a lot of, uh, lessons the hard way and. I just kept looking for that niche, that specialty area that not only would allow me to best serve other people, but would also, you know, take the most, the best advantage of the the experience and the knowledge, all this stuff that's up in here. And I gravitated. It really started with a podcast. A couple of years ago, I was listening to a man named Philip Vincent. He is with a an entity called Mom's House. And he offers a training program. So, I went to a three-day training event. And it's kind of like from the minute I first heard of this, I I was drawn, Mm -hmm. incredibly drawn to it. And then at the same time, in my personal life, things were playing out with my parents. So, I could completely relate to what these families are going, going through. So, This one, I feel like I've absolutely found my home. I love working within the senior living industry. I love elderly people. They're just, for the most part, they are some of the sweetest people on earth. I know that they get taken advantage of a lot, you know, by scammers, sometimes by family. So I am highly motivated to be an advocate within and to the senior care community. So. Hope that? did that answer yeah. the question you had? Uh, yes, that
0: gives us an idea there is where to go, where to start and begin. But I remember the question I had here, and this had to do with the uh, Social Security benefits and Medicaid mm-hmm. and, and all of those things. I know there are rules and regulations in terms of who can qualify and how they qualify, mm-hmm. and it's my understanding that uh, to qualify for uh, certainly Medicaid and, and some of these other programs, they have to almost deplete their assets. Mm-hmm.
1: You have to spend down. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so you were mentioning that there is a possibility that they could keep the home and rent the home. So what mm-hmm. are the circumstances where they could maintain that without having to draw down all of those assets to okay. to qualify for benefits?
1: With Medicaid... And let me do the disclaimer. I am not a Medicaid expert, but I know a really good one. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a CPA. But it's my understanding that with Medicaid, as long as one spouse is living in the house so that if they're wanting to turn it into a rental, then they're not going to be using a Medicaid benefit yet. So using it as a rental would mean they would... Have income coming in from that house while they are spending down. Assuming that you know they're like most people, you know, even if you've got a pretty big pile of cash sitting in the bank, let's say you have fifty thousand dollars in the bank that elderly person does. In here in Tennessee, the average uh, monthly cost of assisted living is four to five thousand dollars. So if you take uh, fifty thousand and divide that by 4,000, that's enough to pay for 12 months, 12 months. So eventually, they're going to deplete all of their cash. And at that point, you know, then they would sell the house. But yeah, um, the, the Medicaid rule says that the house is not counted as an asset for Medicaid purposes, as long as one of the spouses are are living in the home, so you know, like in my case, my dad is is really getting close to needing uh, skilled nursing, a nursing home. As long as my mom stays in their their home, then you know they would Medicaid would only look at his assets separately, and they would not count the house. So then you know that spend down process would start incomplete. And then they would go from private pay to Medicaid pay. And you're absolutely right, Alan. I mean, the rules and regulations are just mind numbing. Um, Mm -hmm. Every time I try to wrap my head around it, even in a general way, I always come back thinking, how in this world did we manage to concoct a a system that is this convoluted, and, you know, and and this confusing and disjointed, uh, I don't understand it. But that's the hand that we've all been dealt. So we have to, you know, it's important to know and understand the rules and regulations early on, because somebody could make a decision that could greatly impact them as far as Medicaid goes. And they would never even connect the dots and think that they were, you know, doing anything like that. So, yeah, it's important. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> we could go on and on all day yes, in could. terms of, of the cruelty and injustices in terms of, um, of much of our social uh, service systems here in the United States. Well, anyway, certainly we talked a little bit about how you begin your marketing and, and you certainly are basing that on trust and not just only trust for mom and pop. But I think it's even going to be much more critical for trust with the children because they are, sadly, they're going to be the ones who are going to be making these decisions for their parents. So you don't do any cold calling. How long did it take you to actually develop the marketing systems that you have in place that are serving you and serving you so well?
1: I had them in place to some extent because without going into too much detail, my husband and I. It's, this was my biggest rehab project. I bought the house that we live in here in Nashville. Turned it into our living quarters downstairs, and the upstairs is a Airbnb that sleeps twelve. We do lots of bachelor, bachelorette parties, and things were going fantastic until COVID hit. We lost all our bookings, so I pivoted into being a real estate agent. For all of 2020. And I ramped up my marketing for that because, you know, as an agent, you've got to have all of that, you know, and cold calling and all of that. So, uh, in the course of all that, I learned that being a traditional real estate agent is not what I want to do, but I, I, I have the marketing in place. But then when I started doing my new business, Senior Transition Care, I and I'm still in the middle of rebranding. So I rebranded my real estate agent marketing as Senior Transition Care. And like I said, that process is still going on. So I think I gave you a link for my website. And I'm not even sure. It's supposed to be up and running within the next couple of weeks. But when I discovered that this real estate model or this model of business involves no cold calling. It's all relationship-based. So I am constantly going to lunch with assisted living directors and senior placement agents and social workers and all of the gatekeepers in senior living who at some point or another are going to interact with those families. That's my marketing. Is It's all relationship-based. So, I want to get to know them. I want them to get to know me so they know me, like me, trust me, and they feel confident in you know referring those families to me. And I can say that by and large in senior living, those gatekeepers, the, those people that are interacting with those families, they are very protective because you can imagine they get people walking in off the street all the time going, Hey, here's my business card. Why don't you send me some leads? Mm. And, you know, they will shut that down in a heartbeat as they should. So this method of marketing is right up my alley because as you can see, I love to talk. I love to get to know people. Yeah. So.
0: Well, speaking of your website, share with our viewers and listeners, how it is that they can get in touch with you to learn more about this fascinating aspect of real estate investing.
1: It's senior dot com. I can spell it out for you, but it's there's no odd spellings or anything. Just those three words. I came up with that, and I decided to to name my company that because it it does a good job of describing what i what my goals is. As an entrepreneur, as a businesswoman, I want to care for seniors and their families who are transitioning from one phase of life within the, you know, within that senior living area. So seniortransitioncare.com or anybody can always reach out to me. My cell phone number is 615 289 6566. You can call, you can text. However,
0: and uh, Cindy's email is just Cindy at Mm -hmm. seniortransitionscare.com. All of those things will be in our show notes. Mm -hmm. Cindy, before we go, I just have one last question here. And this has to do with the stuff. And (laughs) we can, I mean, mom and dad have lots and lots of stuff, Mm -hmm. but there are things in there that have no monetary value that are priceless. Tell us how you deal with that when you are actually the purchaser of the home.
1: I tell the family, go in, take anything you want that is of sentimental or any other value, take it out and we take care of the rest. A lot of families will ask me about, oh, could we do an estate sale? I have a stat for you in that regard. The average estate sale caught, um, will net about five thousand hmm. dollars. It costs about five thousand dollars to put on the average estate sale. So, is mom and dad's stuff worth nothing? I would argue that it's probably worth less than nothing because if you've ever done an estate sale, you know whoever the seller is, there's some work involved there. So, you know, I. I I just like to set those expectations. Of course, there are always outliers. There there are families who may have something that is truly of value. But for the most part, an estate sale is probably going to be not worth all the, the trouble involved for what you're going to get out of it. And, you know, I, we all tend to do this, but I think elderly people in particular think that their stuff is worth a lot more than it is. My mom has a collection of those Bradford exchange plates and I'm dreading the day that I have to tell her that, you know, mom, they're just, they're not going to be worth anything. So it's sad, but, but yeah, once, once the family makes a decision on the stuff, what they want, then if, you know, if, if we come to an agreement or even if we don't, I can still refer them to an estate or a moving company that specializes in seniors.
0: Well, Cindy, it's been a very good conversation and I've learned a lot and I know our viewers and listeners have as well. So thank you so much for being with us today.
1: You're very welcome. It's my pleasure.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital